fighting for freedom every day. You as the individual, you have the power. You don't have to join a union. You go in as an entry-level position. You get the experience that you need. And then as you work up, you get better at your job, which means they pay you more. If they don't pay you more, then you go to another company to show what you've learned and what your value is to where you can get more. If they really don't like that, then you can go and start your own damn business because we have a free market laissez-faire capitalist society allegedly, to where you can actually go off and do your own thing. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right it is. Welcome into the program. It is a Friday. You finally made it to the end of the week. I know you're excited. I'm excited. You scream, I scream. We all scream for Donald Trump. I don't know. I don't really want to do the ice cream thing because that's kind of boring. Welcome into the program. This is the Voice of Reason. I am Andy Hoosier broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas. On our flagship radio station, we are all over the country, live streaming, podcasting, radio, TV, all over the place. You're Millennial General reporting for duty. What a day we had yesterday, man. Yesterday was brutal. Not just the radio program. I think the radio program was decent, but, you know, just a day. It was a day, but today's a Friday. I think things are back up and working the way they're supposed to be. I am seeing, I don't know if it's my end or not, and seeing a little bit of glitchiness on the live video stream from OpsLens. I don't know if that's on their end or mine. I don't see it on my end, so hopefully it's on theirs and we can try and work that out. So if you're watching on the OpsLens, and I apologize for that one, on the, at least on the live stream, hopefully it's better on the app or on the website at whosyourreason.com or on opslens.com as well. Welcome in. We have a lot to get to today. Now, with all the technical things we had yesterday, we still do not have any phone lines, so we do not have a guest today, but that is all right because we have a lot to talk about today. So don't worry. We have uh, the commitment to America. Are you excited? Republicans, baby. We've come out with our commitment to America. After a year and a half of the Biden administration, we finally released our plan on what to do to stop the Biden administration and the Democrat policies. I'm glad that we're on top of things. I'm glad that we are uh, fast-paced and able to recover quickly from a year and a half of Biden. But thank you, only a month and a half away from the election time to finally come out with a plan on what Republicans are going to do. Is that is that the way we do things? <laughs> I didn't think so. So we'll get to that here in just a little bit as well. Joe Biden, though, on the campaign trail. What do you think of him? Let's go into the Biden basement. They're, they're defunding. Defunding the FBI. And let me tell you something. I don't think, and I know some of you weren't happy with me, I didn't think we should defund the police. I never believed that and said so at the time. But I sure in hell don't think we should be funding the FBI either. Whoa. And then there's the, then there's the day we'll never forget on January 6th. There's that day on January 6th. But no, I was not one to try and defund the police. And I was the first one to say that. And it may be unpopular with you crazy Democrats who want to defund the police and cause anarchy in the streets. But I sure as hell don't want to fund the FBI. Is that what he said? Making sure. They're, they're defunding. Defunding the FBI. And let me tell you something. I don't think, and I know some of you weren't happy with me, I didn't think we should defund the police. I never believed that and said so at the time. But I sure in hell don't think we should be funding the FBI either. And then there's the the day we'll never forget on January 6th. Whoopsies. Again, hey, did someone let Joe Biden out of his basement again? Who the hell did that? Come on, man. He actually has a rally, so I'll give him credit for that. He actually has people at a rally. Now, it may not be a very large rally. They just kind of zoom up on him with a couple of people in the background. But nonetheless, he held a rally. So I guess we can give him kudos on that one uh, throughout this week. So how you doing, buddy? You feeling good? I want to be clear. I'm not going nuts. Just making sure. On the home front, let's get into what's trending. 
What's trending today? It feels good having my sound effects back. Yesterday it was a little dull not being able to play into my sounders because of the technical things that we had. But man, I think everything's back up and running almost the way they actually need to be. So that makes me kind of happy. Just the last day or so, last couple of days, there has been another vicious attack on a pregnancy center. The latest one being out of Southfield. But more and more of these uh, pregnancy centers have been viciously attacked. Not just attacks, but I mean like vandalized, bricks going through the window, uh, the, the spray paint being sprayed all over the walls and stuff, saying that you guys are hateful and evil because you try and actually save uh, uh, infants and newborns or individuals that have not been born yet. You're trying to save those. You're horrible because you're forcing women into servitude by actually having these children even though it's a pregnancy center just trying to help the mother actually be able to take care of the child uh, the best way that they possibly can. But the vicious, violent, radical left-wing side of the aisle has continued their tirade viciously and violently against Republicans and conservative organizations, which is just a joke. But that's the way that they're acting, and they justify That's the crazy part. They're justifying these actions. I don't need to give you the details about some of these violent acts because you see them in the news all the time. The crazy part about this is that now we have the vice president of the United States that's actually out there defending these actions. Now, as you know, she was one of those that was bailing out Antifa members after the Chaz or the CHOP or the whatever else they tried to call that up in Seattle, Washington, where they took over part of the city, meaning they caused an actual insurrection and they actually caused anarchy in the streets and they actually committed treason by trying to take over and push law enforcement out and start their own little utopia in the downtown streets of Seattle. And while the, uh, the elected officials of Seattle was like, oh, it's just a summer of love, don't worry about it, which is abating, aiding and abetting treasonous act in some way, shape, or form. Kamala Harris was out there bailing them out. Now, I want you to think about this as we get closer to election season. While they pitch Republicans to be the most extremist organization out there, the MAGA Republicans to be the most radical ones out there, while they're calling us domestic terrorists, they literally had organizations take over parts of towns and then our elected officials that were running for the highest office in the land actually tried to bail them out and they haven't changed their ways while joe biden tries to backtrack on the whole black lives matter thing and the defund the police kamala harris is not and we have to remind ourselves that kamala harris was the most extreme u.s senator in the Senate before she came became vice president of the United States. We also need to remember that Kamala Harris was also one of the most unpopular presidential candidates in 20, uh, 2020 when she was running, which is why she dropped out of the presidential race because she only had 2 to 3% approval ratings and she wasn't gaining any traction. The reason they chose her to run as VP was because they knew Joe Biden was a bit of a loose cannon and they wanted a radical progressive to promote that agenda under the Biden administration who was playing off to be the nice little moderate candidate that everybody loved. But she has not changed her ways at all. In fact, she's gone farther left because while she was de, uh, bailing out Black Lives Matter individuals back then, she's now enforcing and defending the ones that are actually causing uh, violence, physical violence to pregnancy centers after the Roe v. Wade reversal. Now, when Democrats get a win, I, I, I always compare them to this, and I try to find a different analogy, but this fits so perfectly, is that they are the children that, that when they win, they're sore winners. When they lose, they're definitely sore losers. If they win, they have to gloat to everybody about it, and they have to rub it in your face and rub the salt in the wound and try and push the envelope even further because it's never enough for them just to applaud themselves for winning a piece of legislation. If they lose, then 
unlike what we're allowed to do, apparently, then they claim fraud or that there was voter suppression or that, uh, you know, people just didn't understand what they were trying to do because they're truly, honestly out there trying to make it better for society. Well, now she's out there on the campaign trail saying this. I met with many of you in my office at the White House and we discussed the innovative strategies that you have used to defend women's reproductive freedom. You are taking on rightly the crisis pregnancy centers, launching public education campaigns because I don't think I have it here, but I'll show you all a map of the United States right now in terms of the patchwork of different laws in different states on this issue and the confusion it is creating and the need then for some of the most trusted elected officials to clarify the state of the law and in the midst of the vast amount of confusion, the need of you as the truth tellers to sort out fiction from fact and combat misinformation and disinformation, which we all know often creates a situation that is ripe for predatory practices. Whoa. That hip to, uh, hat tip to Breitbart News for that audio. I'm going to play that again and we're going to break that up because... There's a lot of garbage in there. You ever hear that? Remember Charlie Brown when he was in class? That's what I just heard. So we have to go back and I have to try and remind myself, if I can speak today, to focus because that was a lot of just garbage that she just rattled out there while she's defending, by the way, the Violent X. This is, what, three or four or five or six different Violent X that we've seen nationwide that's made national headlines regarding the vandalization of a pregnancy center because the abortion pro-advocates want to vandalize or destroy anything that goes against their narrative. So if there's a state trying to defend the right for a baby or just at least giving the option for parents who want to actually keep the child, then that apparently is oppressive to them even if it's in a state where they have the right to have an abortion, they don't want to see any type of pro-life organization in any way, shape, or form. They want it all. It's not just a choice. It is forced abortion because we're going to destroy anybody that has a different view of us. So let's play that again, shall we? I met with many of you in my office at the White House, and we discussed the innovative strategies that you have used to defend women's reproductive freedom. She applauds that. The destruction, the throwing of bricks through windows, the spray painting and vandalization of private organizations. She applauds that. Well done, guys. You continue to hold up the standards of the Democrat Party and the progressive liberal mindset by destroying things that you don't agree with. Well done. You are taking on rightly the crisis pregnancy centers. Launching public education campaigns because I don't think I have it here, but I'll show you all a map of the United States right now in terms of the patchwork of different laws in different states on this issue and the confusion it is creating. Hold on a second. This is where the blatant lack of understanding of basic constitutional principles, the basic concept of federalism comes into play here. Because of the reversal of Roe v. Wade, which again, for those that are very well aware, because we've talked about this since the end of June when it happened, the reversal of Roe v. Wade did not ban or end abortion nationwide. All it did was say the federal government did not have the right to make a choice one way or the other, and therefore it defaults to the states to make their own decision. Now, Candace, where I hail from with our flagship radio station, Candace tried it. We were the first ones that already had it on our ballot ready to go for the August primary, and it didn't work to try and limit or at least continue protections for 
uh, abortion restrictions in the state. That didn't happen, which means we're going to be opening ourselves up to a lot of unrestricted abortions here very soon when more things get challenged in the state Supreme Court. We've had other states that have tried bills as well. Missouri has gone after it. There are new states trying to just do almost bans or close to full out bans or at least just maintain basic restrictions. But because of every state making their own decision now, you have the vice president of the United States who has no concept of federalism, no concept of common sense or reality, trying to say that because states are making their own choices, that it's causing mass confusion, and therefore women are going to be dying in the streets, and we're not going to know what's going on to know whether we can have an abortion or not because it's our God-given right to just waltz in and just do whatever the hell we want to, that we are restricted on that because of the mass confusion. Just because a state is now making the law as opposed to the federal government. I'm not much of a gambling guy, but I'm here to bet money that if someone is actively interested in this topic at all, they probably understand the laws that are in their states. If they're actively engaged in knowing semi what's going on, I have a basic inkling to figure that they know the laws that are in their states to know what regulations are there or not there because they're probably fighting them at the statewide level. Would be my guess. I could be wrong on that. Would be my guess. But this fear tactic, this politics of fear of saying because there's mass confusion, because states are making their own decision, absolutely and utterly stupid for her to be saying. But that's the way she rolls. What other things are statewide as well? I don't know. Just about everything else, right? We'll talk about that when we come back. The confusion in the system because of not being regulated in a centralized government system. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Bring some reason into your day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. There it is. Welcome back into the program. 24 minutes past the hour. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch, listen to the program. We love you to death. Always appreciate you joining the show each and every day. Wrapping up another crazy week. Good golly. Kamala Harris, and this is really just the general summation of Democrats in general, is that when they get a victory, they feel like their ego is inflated a little bit more. Now, they're expected to win on legislation or elections or anything else because if they don't then they're the ones that cry shenanigans because of course everybody in the country according to them just loves socialist policies they love democrat liberal socialist policies and if you don't then you're the extreme radicals of the country this has been made very clear by their policy making because they don't care whether it's popular or not they still try to ram it through we talked a little bit about that yesterday so now with this abortion issue this is remember democrats don't have a platform to run on in the midterms They don't. They don't have an economy. They don't have foreign policy. They don't have general political issues. All they have are social issues right now, which is the abortion issue, the LGBT issue. That's about all they have. They haven't won on anything else. The infrastructure bill has been a disaster. The economy continues to tank. For the first time since June, the Dow Jones is back under 30,000 points after the close today, which is madness because what the third or fourth time they're trying to raise interest rates the stock market going downward because people are realizing wait a second the program and the policy isn't working why do we continue to try to do the same thing so they don't have anything else to run on except for abortion and they've already won that issue on many accounts but it's not enough 
Joe Biden, let me see if I can find the tweet again here real quick. He just tweeted out a little bit ago, which I'm surprised. It's probably somebody else because he doesn't know how to tweet himself. But he had made the comment that he's like, give me two more senators and keep the majority in the House of Representatives. And I guarantee you that we will solidify and we will protect and we will put Roe v. Wade back into the Constitution. We will make it a constitutional amendment to protect abortion at the federal level because this is going to be their platform they focus on. They hate the kids when they get into public education. They hate the family unit. But by golly, we're going to try and defend abortion rights so that way you can continue to do what you do and not take any responsibility for it. And that is going to be the number one talking point for Democrats is give us the majority and we will solidify abortion because you are too confused with how the world is set up now with state making their own decisions. I met with many of you in my office at the White House and we discussed the innovative strategies that you have used to defend women's reproductive freedom. You are taking on rightly the crisis pregnancy centers, launching public education campaigns, because I don't think I have it here, but I'll show you all a map of the United States right now in terms of the patchwork of different laws in different states on this issue and the confusion it is creating and the need then for some of the most trusted elected officials to clarify the state of the law And in the midst of the vast amount of confusion, the need of you as the truth tellers to sort out fiction from fact and combat misinformation and disinformation, which we all know often creates a situation that is ripe for predatory practices. I mean, she's right. Confusion does lead to the predatory practices, which is why, like here in Kansas, where I'm from, where we tried to pass our value them both bill, which really just said the restrictions on abortion that we currently have in the state are allowed to be there because abortion is not a constitutionally protected right. That's a prime example. They came in with millions upon millions upon millions of dollars to run ads to say that you need to vote no against that bill because that bill was going to ban abortion outright, which is blatantly untrue. So you are absolutely right, Kamala. That the mass confusion causes the malicious intent, the malicious agenda, and that is what the left side of the aisle is absolute experts on. Create the confusion, conquer and divide, or divide and conquer, and then promote your agenda while you're blaming the other side for it. You are masters at it, and you know better than anybody else being the left-wing hack that you are, but yet... We need to centralize that power. A lack of understanding of federalism and using their own game and blaming Republicans for it. Seems like the typical Democrat thing to do, right? So what are Republicans doing about it? To counter that, we'll talk about it when we come back. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio, you're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, you are. Welcome back into the program. Last half hour on the home stretch, by far the fastest hour of radio on, well, radio all over the country. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch or listen to the program. We love you to death and appreciate you very, very much. By the way, to give you some optimism, the first half hour we've kind of kind of been railing on the low-hanging fruit that is the Democrat Party, and I know I, I we like to go a little bit deeper in the program here. There is some good news, and with concerns of you know, oh by the way, I don't know if you're aware or not, but apparently this weekend the world's going to end. So there, <laughs> yeah. What? Wait, Andy, you can't just drop the ball on us like that. What? <laughs> 
According to some, this weekend, starting on Sunday, anywhere between Sunday evening and Tuesday evening, there is, I can't remember the name of it. It's the the celebration of Trump. It's the Jewish holiday where some are saying that this is the time where the rapture is going to happen. So if we're not on the radio on Monday, then it's been nice knowing you and it's been great. Uh, I People love to live in fear with the whole rapture thing into the world thing. I don't care. I mean, uh, you know, you're right in the right position. You're right where you need to be. So if it happens, it happens. And it's not a big thing. You're supposed to enjoy your life and, and live and love and actually, you know, just uh, remember your religious teachings or your spiritual teachings or whatever it may be and just go along with it. As long as you're doing your thing, then everything's all great and hunky-dory and we'll see what happens. But apparently the end of the world's going to happen on Sunday night, so anywhere between Sunday and and Tuesday. So are you ready? And do we even need to worry about any more radio programs anymore? That's the warning. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. There is a lot of craziness in the world right now, though. Obviously, with the Russian-Ukrainian war that's heating up, and now this is the third or fourth time that Vladimir Putin has threatened to use nuclear weapons, and he said that he'll continue to threaten to use nuclear weapons, especially now that he's mobilizing another 300,000 soldiers. Imagine for a second. I don't want to focus a lot of time on this because there's not a whole lot more to talk about other than it's still ongoing. But imagine, if you will, you're supposedly the third or fourth most strongest military on the face of the earth, and you're trying to take over your neighbor that's a tiny little nation, big in land, small in numbers, and you've done this for now like six months, and you still can't take it over, and you have to mobilize another wave of your massive military because you still haven't been able to do what you said you were going to do. That's got to be an ego check. And for someone like Vladimir Putin, I'm sure he doesn't like ego checks. So that does concern me about use of nuclear weapons. We'll see whether that happens or not. But with the uncertainty there, the food shortages, the energy crises that we have, the inflation, the way the economy is going, the socialist takeover of the world, that's a cause for concern. And most people may start feeling like, hey, maybe the end is near. Or maybe like me myself, we're like, hey, you know what? Bring it on, baby. Let's go ahead and end this bad boy. Right. <laughs> Probably not the best mindset to be in, but hey, you know what? With how crazy the world is, sometimes you're just like, man, can we just can we just end it? Can we just stop? Just hit the reset button, please. So there is some good news. Real quickly, on the global scale, there is a new prime minister out of Italy, which is the most conservative that they've seen since the end of World War II. And that, to me, is a big sign of powering up, baby. And I think that a lot of the global uncertainty going on right now is causing many nations, not just the United States, to question what's going on and to start shifting the gears and swinging that pendulum back to the right side of the aisle, not just in the country here, but nation or globally, because they're saying, wait a second, we don't have a supply of energy that's consistent right now. We're not having oil outside of Russia because, well, we don't want to buy Russia and we can't get it anywhere else. And we're seeing energy blackouts across Europe. And the Green New Deal and the green energy isn't quite working out the way it needs to be. Even France, unfortunately, has shut down many of their nuclear plants that was massively awesome and massively consistent and massively efficient for them. That was fun. That was uh, supplying near 60 to 80 percent of all the energy in France. They're shutting those down because, well, we got to go green, baby. And now we're seeing the rolling brown and blackouts, uh, the lack of oil in the nation, the lack of food globally right now. There's a major crisis. So what's going on? Let's go conservative. Let things get things back on track and let's get the real people in there to actually get the job done. That's kind of been the way things are, isn't it? We kind of steer off and we try to experiment with this left wing progressive hack stuff. 
and then it fails miserably. We're in a state of ruin, whether we're talking globally or just in a nation domestically. So then you vote conservative, and then things start to steer back and get back on track. And as soon as we start doing things good, then we lose track again and kind of wander off and get distracted and try the, and experiment with these other things. Kind of frustrating, but I guess that's the way of life as well. With all of that that's going on here in the nation, with the promotion for the abortion issue, Kamala Harris on the campaign trail, Joe Biden saying that, well, I mean, COVID's obviously done. We don't need to worry about COVID anymore. I don't have that audio clip anymore, do I? Well, never mind. It doesn't matter. Uh, saying that COVID's essentially just over and done, and we just need to create the socialist utopia. Why the heck not? Just continue the spending, even though we don't need it because the emergency is over right now. Now we have, finally, our plan for the Republican Party. What's trending today? And by plan by the Republican Party, I mean that we're a year and a half into the Biden administration and we're finally coming out with a written plan on what we want to do if we gain the majority again. I have to admit, while this may seem like a great plan, the commitment to America that Kevin McCarthy officially released, it may be a good plan. Is it kind of a day late and a dollar short? Now, I say that in the hopes of being like the parents of a little child to where if you're, you know, maybe the coach of the sporting team that you're almost harder on your kid because you want them to be perfect. So that way you don't look like you're playing favoritism. You remember that? My parents did that as a kid. My dad coached my Little League baseball team just about every year growing up as a kid. And he was harder on me than he was any other kid because he wanted to make sure that if he did put me into a position where I was maybe the pitcher or shortstop or some quote-unquote elite position, that he wasn't look like he was playing favoritism because I actually knew how to play the position. So, as Republicans, we like to be harder on the Republican Party than the Democrats. Democrats are easy to pick on. They're not the brightest. They promote horrible agendas, and we try to fight them to stop them. Doesn't mean that we let the Republican Party get a little loosey-goosey. We try to be harder on them than anybody else, which is why we try to clean out many of the rhinos in the establishment in the party. So now we have a year and a half into the Biden administration. Things are destroying themselves. They're shooting themselves in the foot, obviously. We don't need to run down the list here on what they're doing that's bad and not working for us. We can see it with our wallets every time we go to a store or a gas station. The Republican Party should have, since day one, said, hey, this is the agenda that we have. This is the plan we're going to implement. This is what we're trying to stop from the Democrats. Yes, complain about it. Yes, make your nice little op-ed. And yes, make your nice little audio clip about what's going wrong and your nice little zinger to them in a committee or, you know, in front of the camera in the in the microphone for a, for a TV outlet or on radio, whatever. Yeah, give them the zing. Do your thing to say that you're fighting it. But what's the actual plan? I don't know why the Republican Party had to wait until September 23rd today. Or yesterday, whenever it was officially released. Why they had to wait until a month and like two weeks away from election time to come out with a plan to say, hey, here's our plan. Vote for us and this is what we'll do if we gain the majorities again. This shouldn't even be a creation thing, should it? We shouldn't even have to create a plan. It should already be there. Hey, since day one when the Biden administration took over and Democrats took over the majority of the House of Representatives, this, this is what they're doing wrong. This is what they're doing dumb. This is what we want to stop. And if we were empowered, this is the way we would be doing things. Not just a nice little package deal like they're trying to recreate the Newt Gingrich thing, you know, the recycling of old plans from the Republican Party. This is our commitment to America. This is our plan for America if we gain the majority. This should already be there. Not just this is bad that what Democrats are doing, but this is what we would do differently. 
Have your plan in motion. Why is that so difficult for the Republican Party? But apparently it is. And Kevin McCarthy, the wannabe Speaker of the House, if Republicans do gain the majority, which we will in November, the guy who's hoping to get that position as Speaker of the House, went to a rally and laid out the plan. They control Washington. They control the House, the Senate, the White House. They control the committees. They control the agencies. It's their plan. But they have no plan to fix all the problems they created. So you know what? We've created a commitment to America. We're going to talk about it today. We want an economy that is strong. That means you can fill up your tank. You can buy the groceries. You have enough money left over to go to Disneyland and save for a future. That the paychecks grow, they no longer shrink. We have a plan for a nation that's safe. That means your community will be protected. Your law enforcement will be respected. Your criminals will be prosecuted. We believe in a future that's built on freedom. That your children come first. They're taught to dream big. And we believe in a check and balance that government should be accountable. No longer special interest. We should work for you, not the other way around like it is today. Does anybody else get the hint that he's too soft-spoken to be a leader in the House of Representatives? He's a moderate anyways. But is he a little bit too soft-spoken? I don't want a soft-spoken leader in our government right now. That's why the MAGA movement is the greatest sect of the Republican Party, because they want a brass, outspoken guy that says, I'm sick and tired of the left-wing progressives. I'm sick and tired of your liberal agenda. We're not going to live that damn way anymore, and we're going to do our own damn thing because we're going to make America great again. We want to reverse every policy that you've done. We want to open up the floodgates for the economy. We want to get the private sector on track again. We want dollar twenty gas again like we used to have all the way back in the day. We want you to be able to forge your groceries. We want you to be able to invest in the economy. We want you to be able to increase your job or expand your business if you have one. We want you to have the right to be able to live your life any way that you want to. We want you to have the ability to get a firearm to protect yourself and we're not going to stop until it's done. I don't get that energy or enthusiasm from Kevin McCarthy in front of a rally, in front of a crowd at a rally thinking that he's going to try and win over individuals. What's the plan outside of just regurgitating the uh, the original the necessities, things we already know. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Last couple of minutes here on the show for a Friday. It's the way we roll here on the show. It goes by way too fast. Thanks for hanging out as always. You can always find our podcast, The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier, on any of your favorite podcasting sites. Apple Music or iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, doesn't matter. 
You can check those out. Again, The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Also find all the links on the website at HoosierReason.com. So we have the Republican commitment to America. What does it entail? And is Kevin McCarthy really the right guy to be leading the Republican Party? Now, from the more conservative stance uh, of the party, they say no because he is a bit of a moderate. Outside of all that, whether he is or not, I, I get it. I get it. I get it. There are some that are just like, you know, well, he's like Mitch McConnell. They know the system well. They know the intricacies of the laws. They know how to actually get things done. They know how the order of business is supposed to go. They know how to make things work. And there are a lot that, that mostly internally in politics that like those types of individuals while they are establishment. They are rhino. They are. They have been in there for a long time. They like them running things. Because they want things to run smoothly because they know the intricacies of the law for them to be able to get things done. I get that argument. At the same time, is this really the leader that we want to be Speaker of the House when Republicans take over? They control Washington. They control the House, the Senate, the White House. They control the committees. They control the agencies. It's their plan. But they have no plan to fix all the problems they created. So you know what? We've created a commitment to America. Even the crowd, too. Even the crowd, too. They're just like, all right. Yeah, that sounds good. Kevin McCarthy needs to grow up and actually get a little more feisty, or we need someone else in there that's going to be Speaker of the House that's going to be a little feisty as well. The reason he's releasing it is because he has the plans to be Speaker of the House. He's going to be that guy when Republicans take over again. We had Paul Ryan before, which was a joke. Now we're going to have Kevin McCarthy that sounds like it's going to be a bit of a joke as well. And his political ploy is, hey, get us the majority, and here's our our compact for America, kind of like what Newt Gingrich did back in the 90s. Here's our commitment to America. Here's what we promised to do. The problem is, why does it take two years of a disaster to be in the hole of a state that we're in right now for us to finally come out with a Republican plan? <laughs> why didn't we say, as we said in the last segment, why don't we just say every time they do something, no, we're going to stop it, and this is our alternative? Every time they propose a plan, we come out with an alternative plan. Even if it doesn't get on the floor, at least we have something. To show Republicans are more than just playing politics, trying to play the game at the federal level and failing against the uh, big kid on the block, so to speak, with the Democrats in every game. Every single time they're a step ahead of us. Every time. We should be releasing our own bill that's an alternative to a Democrat bill every single time. Then, when we come out for a commitment to America... Then we come to the Republic, to the American people and say, look, here's a collaborative of every bill that we've tried to propose that hasn't gotten through, that maybe didn't even get a hearing because Democrats controlled it and wouldn't allow it on the floor. Here's what we will do, and we promise we will do it when we get in power. And guess what? When you stand strong like that and you show exactly what you're going to do every single time, that's going to win. This should be an easy slam dunk for Republicans right now. Because of how bad everything is. It should be an easy slam dunk to come up with policy, to have Republicans up 30 points in the polls. Because no one, even if they say they're Democrats, they're still out there complaining every time they go to the gas pump. They're still out there complaining every time they can't find the food that they want on the grocery shelf or the fact that it's really expensive. They're still complaining because they are still concerned about something with Russia and the Ukraine or with nuclear weapons or with North Korea or with Afghanistan or whatever else the foreign policy that uh, the Biden administration has screwed up over the last year and a half. They're still worried about it. In the back of their mind, 
they're still fearful of it. It's kind of like the atheists when they're about to die, they yell out and say, God help me. They still say that even though they say they're atheists. They know back there deep down that there's something and they cry out to it when they get scared and when they feel vulnerable. It happens every single time. Democrats do that too. Just know that. Feel good on warm and cozy inside. Know that when things go bad, they even question their own policies. Unless you're the ones up top that just don't get affected by it because you're the ones advocating for the policy and you just want to control everybody else. They don't care. Everybody else, they still question it. They may not admit it, but they still question it. Republicans, this should be a slam dunk for you, baby. Make it happen. Yes, do the commitment to America, but let's maybe have someone with a little bit more energy out there that's promoting the commitment to America, that's promising to be Speaker of the House, that's not going to take Democrat crap in Washington, D.C. when we win in November. That does it for us today. We're back at it on Monday for a whole new week. Can you believe it? We just went through an entire hour again. Until then, be your own catalyst for change. Be your own voice of reason. It's time for you to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio. Have a great weekend.